You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today on the show, we have Jessica Cardos. Jessica is an actress uh, who also works behind the scenes in animation. She does a lot of voice acting on some kids' shows you might recognize, like Caillou and Arthur. So we talked to her uh, all about voice acting, how she got into it, what she loves about it, and where she wants to go next. You can find more of Jessica on Twitter and on IMDb. On Twitter, she's at Jessica Cardos. That's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-K-A-R-D-O-S. And I'll link the IMDb profile in the description. So that's about it. Uh, without further ado, here is the lovely and talented Jessica Cardos on Fire in the Hole. At what point do you snap, though, and just go like, no, no, Never. I will not do it. Never? Never. Because it means I'm still employed. Right. You, know? <laughs> you, you got to understand, I have like that carny folk mentality. And all my, all, all my fellow voiceover actors, Billy West and all these guys, we talk about this all the time. You have that mindset of somebody who grew up in the Depression. The last Depression, not this one. And, right. and you're, you just are so convinced that it's all going to end and that somebody's going to catch you and make you work in a cubicle as an insurance actuarial. I'm really enjoying the the quality on these mics. Yeah. I don't know about you. Does it feel very different to you? Yeah, it's making it's the headphones. It's the headphones. Is we it? didn't have headphones before. Yeah. You need headphones. Yeah. I think we realize that now. Okay, that was a good show. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Jessica Kardos or Kardos Jessica, as if you say it in Hungarian. <laughs> Kardos. It's Hungarian. Oh, really? I don't pronounce it that way, oh, but yes. Oh damn, it's a Hungarian. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not going to lie, uh, that swayed me. <laughs> I was like, hey, I don't get to run into... But you're the second Hungarian person I've run into this week. Oh. And that's rare. Because yeah, I don't know if you're at all aware of the community or where they are. or But they oh. all tend to congregate around uh, Outremont because there's the, um, the One Church. That's literally what it's called. The Hungarian One Church uh, is the... Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's just a regular church. It's just... Okay. It just sounds really creepy. Mm. <laughs> um, We've combined all the churches into exactly. one. <laughs> the one church. Yeah, no, but it's it's basically the the community center, right? So if you're uh, Polish, there's probably a Polish church that everyone congregates around. If you're Haitian, same mm. thing. That's just a rallying point for immigrants, period, right? But uh, when we first arrived in Canada many, many years ago, we were kind of directed there to like, hey, you know, some people here might know what you're about and whatever. But we spent like two days patronizing and then we're like we out <laughs> <laughs> we'll take our chances because it's just a very weird little community thing. i never even heard of it yeah yeah and i mean like they'll be very welcoming and nice but they'll be like okay now you're gonna sign up your kid for sunday school uh where we're hungarian bible studies 
And your son will also participate in the folkloric dance troupe. And uh, uh, or your daughter will have to sing or dance and do folkloric events. Like basically just start filling your calendar with these cultural events. And you, you kind of have to... You're one of us. You're one of us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay your dues. Mm. In order to be welcomed into community, you're like, uh, this is kind of why we immigrated. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of people who come here and want to hang on to that. For so sure. So it's not just Hungarians. There's a lot of different, I'm, I think, you know. I'm not done bagging on Hungarians. <laughs> that's okay. No, but you're right. No, no, it's the same for everybody, right? Yeah. And I think it, there's a, an intrinsic problem with that as well as, as it's wonderful. It's, yeah, It's I great agree. because you're not completely lost. And someone might reach out to you and be like, okay, here's the deal in this country. And what you need to kind of get in order. The bad side is, especially for older people that come over, is they can kind of never integrate yeah. in the new country and kind of just keep going back to the cultural hub mm. and essentially become the kind of immigrants that, you know, don't mesh well with the, with the locals, right? They right. end up creating those t tensions. Yeah. What an introduction I just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> so... So you're Hungarian uh, on my one, dad's your side. Your dad, yeah. Okay, and what's his name? Uh, Michael or Miklos? M Miklos. Mi well, yeah. Michael. We I've never called him <laughs> Mike. They called him Mike. Cardos. Uh, yeah. Okay. So or Cardos. Cardos Miklos. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah it's, exactly. You know, Miklos is like a like a power in Hungarian. It's like a power name. Okay. Like in in folklore, Miklos is like like a Hercules type character. Like there's like it's a tough guy name. So when I hear I Mike, know. it's kind of funny because it's like now it's Mike. So it's Mike. Hey, Mike, <laughs> bring some beer. <laughs> okay. So your dad immigrated here, I'm guessing, in the 50s. Uh, what, 50s, he 60s? Was, it was just like around the Second World War. Uh -huh. He was a baby. Um, he's born in 48, I think. Uh -huh. um, and have you ever seen the movie? Uh, I think it's called uh, American Rhapsody with Scarlett Johansson. Uh, no. The beginning of that movie is exactly the story that they told me that my grandfather came over here and my grandmother with my dad who was a baby and my uncle who was about two years old um, paid people to like sneak them through the borders and like it's the whole, it's a very big dramatic story. We actually have a newspaper clipping from when they came over and there it was in the newspaper. There was a whole like somebody had done a write up about it uh -huh. but it was uh I watched that movie and I was like, this sounds exactly like the stories you've told me. Right. It was really interesting. Did you check the year when the movie came out? <laughs> oh, no. The movie's not that old. Of course. It's got your hands and kind of dates it. You oh. see, when I was a child, we got on this bus and if we went over 50 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> really, Dad? <laughs> and Dennis Hopper was there. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. What? Okay, that's possible, but that's the that's speed, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean that's not an uncommon story. No, uh, I mean Hollywood is and was built by a an almost an entire generation of uh, expat Hungarian expats that fled um, the persecutions and things like that, and like the whole like Hollywood is Jewish, like yeah, Hungarian Jewish is where yeah. it, that's how it started, right? Yeah, and there's still some old timers in there that are so it's no accident. Okay. So enough about that. Uh, <laughs> let's talk more about... Okay, so your mom is... Um, she was born here. Her family Canadian. is from the UK, but like generations back. So. Okay, that's cool. So you grew up mostly like uh, West Island, yep. Anglophone yep. type of thing. Yep. Does your dad still have an accent or... Does no, he... He, he came over here when he was a baby, so okay, he so never had fully, an accent. Okay, yeah. I, baby with an accent. 
<laughs> Baby Miklos. Baby Miklos. By the way, if you want to make fun of the Hungarian accent, you just have to do the cheesy like count accent. Uh, yeah. That's the Hungarian oh, accent. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Would you like to come for dinner? <laughs> like that's 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 exactly. Just go to an old age home. Like there's mm-hmm. one. The Hungarian old age home is just uh, over there. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> That kind of fits in with your Transylvanian past, right? A little bit. What a nice young man. <laughs> yes. Take my car to the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. That's what my grandparents sounded exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. We have uh, uh, Bela Lugosi to thank for that. Yeah. Who uh, who made that th- made that a cartoonish? I joke about it on stage whenever I tell people I was born in Transylvania. I was like, yes, real place, you know, and because it exists kind of like a narrative, like a like a Narnia thing. Yeah. Right. People like, like people in the back of their mind know it's it a, doesn't exist it's like, like they know thing. but they're like really oh yeah there is really a place and yeah that's called yeah cool so you grew up there in west island i mean yes <laughs> not in hungary <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but like hungary no i can't make any <laughs> uh and no like hungary it's a place people flee <laughs> yes that's true it sure is like yeah. you it seems like it you, you would be more knowledgeable on this topic but you either like f- run away from the west island as soon as possible or you're there for or life you, or you go deeper i find my gang of friends either people came downtown and said i'm never going back or they moved like to vaudreuil hudson so okay. it's like either you embrace it and you go deeper into it or you run away so okay all right <laughs> it's true go full west island yeah. you never go full west island no. never <laughs> just don't do it uh, I guess I should welcome you back to the podcast too, Richard. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's good to have you back, man. Thanks. I've been a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Although we had some extra podcasts in the in the bag, so hey, don't don't let the magic, you know, don't tell well, them. Well, to the listener, magic. I'm I've been here the whole time. I just oh. missed one podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And it sounds like you're being like over dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. To be fair, to be clear, he's been gone for a long time. No. But uh, you seem like you had a good time. I had a great time. Get a little glaze. Oh, yeah, baby. You doing good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just what the doctor ordered. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you, a couple weeks away, uh, but uh, leaving was, was was like just the preparation to leave for two weeks was, was insane. Yeah. I but, was ready for a vacation by that time. Well, yeah, but because you were like, you had work dumped on you at the last second, you had your personal projects, you had everything happening at the last second, and you're mm-hmm. literally like just shoving things through the door and running out to the airport. That's it. Come on, Jason, we got to get an extra podcast in before I go. <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick, calls of that. Yeah, mm. so cool, man. I'm, g- I'm glad. You you definitely got the fuck out at the a golden moment. Yeah, I missed that snowstorm. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I sent him pictures. Cause it was I, unbelievable. I, just, I was wearing all black, but I was just frosted from head to toe. And like, you know, when it's like in your beard and, well, not your beard, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My beard. I never get frosted beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, your your eyelashes are frozen yeah. over, and I just managed to like a, 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 like send him a picture, <laughs> and I got back like rocky beaches with beers on yeah. a, on the thing. I know. I did the same thing with my parents. My parents live in Costa Rica. I was sending them photos. They're like, yeah, we don't miss Montreal. They're sending me photos of like paradise. <laughs> right, lazy, lazy, yeah. un, you know, not not concerned pictures <laughs> versus like I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm trapped in a beer commercial. <laughs> exactly. I put like a, <laughs> I was on a picnic table. I put like the beer, yeah. with the sun shining through it and put some like 
scattered some peanuts around just to make it a <laughs> little little melt montage. That's it. That's great. A little art direction. Yeah. Well, I was telling the guy that like was uh, interviewing last week how like Richard's the one guy that gets away with that. You know, like any other friend, just I'd be punching him in the shoulder for the next month. <laughs> but he gets to do that because he's not. That's not his, not his style at all. Right? Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, so uh, Jessica, you're um, a voice actor. Yeah. And also a production coordinator yep. and an animation studio. Yes. Wow, I got all of that straight. Mm. Okay. Which one? Which one? Uh, I, I'm, how did this happen? The voice acting thing. How did this happen? Who did this to you? Who? Who, who did this to you? <laughs> who? Who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I was saying before, it's uh, it's kind of not a usual story. I I loved cartoons when I was growing up. I watched a lot of cartoons. My mom always said, "You watch too much TV. Go play outside." You know. Um, and when I, around the time I finished university, um, the uh, mother of a good friend of mine was working at CNR and she needed somebody to work in distribution and sales. And she said, hey, you know, I have this, this job. I think you might be good for it. And uh, so that's how I sort of got my foot in the door of working in a studio. Um, and around the same time, my then boyfriend, now husband, was working in the cafeteria at Sinar, and so he knew all the people that were working there. And um, he met the guy who was the talent coordinator, and he said, hey, you know, my, my, my girlfriend's really interested in, in getting into voice work. You know, do you have any tips? Is there anything we can do? And he said, oh, tell her to put some voices on tape, and, you know, I'll give it a listen. So um, I like did. cassette tapes? A cassette tape. Wow. Yeah. I cassette think I must still listening. have. Were <laughs> these plastic? Okay. So that's interesting. So you're reassuring me now because um, my um, my neighbor who's who's uh, who's been, like, wanting to get into voice acting and stuff um i kind of said to him well, well you know you need a demo but i didn't really know <laughs> that's so i'm glad that you've you've well, confirmed that that's kind of so the, your advice wasn't the, complete uh, bullshit uh, no <laughs> no no you, you de- well no you definitely need a demo but um the other tricky thing is is i don't i'm not 100 percent sure but i think to get into to to be able to do union voice work you have to um you have to be at least an apprentice member of the union, which right. I just happened to be because I had... Is it actress still? Yeah, it's actra. Okay. Um, but I had done like a one-line part in a movie, so I already had my one credit. Um, so after I met this guy and he he said, yeah, yeah, you you know, you might have some potentially brought me in to do an audition just for fun. It was a part that I could never have played, but he's like, I'll just bring you in. You can check out what it's like being in the studio. Um, and then the uh, there was a woman who was doing workshops and uh, he's like, you should sign up for the workshop if you're really serious about this, because almost everybody who takes the workshop will end up doing something. Um, and that's kind of how it happens. Okay. So. All right. So far, that doesn't sound weird. <laughs> just sounds like no, no. Kinda... I mean, it's. You mean like you didn't like walk in with your briefcase and be like, I'm here to act. And then <laughs> you did an audition and someone saw something in you. And then you right? You mean it was just kind of like hearsay talking. Well, it was. I mean, it's good timing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because I always say, you know, I hate, I hate the like. It's, it's, you know, they say it's not who you know, it's what you know. But it sometimes it's a little bit of who you know. Unfortunately, in this business, I find it's, it's yeah. a lot of who you know. It's connections. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's not so weird. It was just how I sort of roundabout managed to meet the person who got my foot in the door. Right. I suppose. Who are these people who are saying that it's not who you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're giving bad advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, they don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I, well, I, maybe I've got my saying wrong. It might be. Uh... No, but I've, I've, I've become much more uh, forgiving of that concept because it, t- it tends to be thrown out like a, uh, the world sucks, 
right? It's like, it's not what right. you know, it's who you know. But hmm. it, once you start meeting people that are in the business of anything, you realize that a good part of your day is fielding calls and submissions from crazy people, right? <laughs> And because especially this climate now with the internet and everything where everyone's an actor, model, slash uh, motorcycle stuntman. Like everyone's got like 23 things they think they can do because of Instagram. Um, yeah. you're, a good part of your day is, is dodging people with mixtapes and demos, right? Yeah. Hmm. So at some point you have to develop, I guess, trust agents oh god i just used that term <laughs> you have to develop trust agents what's uh, up julian what's up julian <sighs> you wrote a great book okay <laughs> you're better than us okay just deal with it all right so uh, a friend of mine wrote that a book called trust agents but yeah you have to develop like people you um whose opinions and who who are gatekeepers essentially to your resources and your your um, connections and you are doing so much that like yeah it makes perfect sense to go, oh, who sent you over? Jessica? Okay, okay, sit down. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. But it's not, I mean, it's not just connections. It's definitely something to be said for training. Like, you have to right. work sure. on your skills all the time. So Exactly. Well, but if two people look the same on paper, you're going to take the person who comes recommended by somebody you trust or somebody yeah. that you know. I mean, and that's not just in this industry. That's everywhere. Yeah, and that's not like evil. most jobs, most apartments, like... We all we all do it, right? Like yeah. I'm giving it my place. It's a great place. Who do I know that wants it? You know, references. Yeah, exactly. I'll give it to you because you're a friend. Before yeah. I put it up on Kijiji, but it sucks. Like when you don't know anybody, right? And then it, it seems like just this insiders club that you'll never get into. But yeah. you just gotta pay your dues and schmooze and stuff so that you can get those opportunities. But you do need to be good. For you sure. do, you do. Yeah. But that's the thing is, how do you get your foot in the door to meet those people to do the schmoozing? That's the thing too. That's so. it. It's tough. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it ties into one tie. One thing ties into the other. So you practice, you hone your skill, but then there's that networking you do as well. Yeah. And it's if, like where like a job take requires experience, but you can never get experience right. because all the jobs require. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole vicious circle, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, the whole idea of the recommendation connecting someone you know to someone else is like, you want that to be a gesture of like good faith. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if I'm like, you need to talk to Jessica, if I'm saying those words, like my scenario in my head that I want to happen is they meet you and they think you're the shit. And and that by default, my trust points go up as like a sender of people that are reliable. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it all feeds into it. When it's not all I'm just kind of sort of fighting back this this whole like, oh, well, it's who, you know, being a, uh, a neg necessarily 100 percent negative thing. Oh, no, no, no. We're all guilty of it. We all do it. Whenever we're looking for something, we always look for friends. And if we have something to give away, we give it to our friends first. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what I always believe, too. I mean, I've had a lot of people over the years ask me, you know, how did you get into voice work or how did you get into working in production or whatever? And I'm I'm happy to to share contacts and information if I can. Like, yeah. I, think, I think we mm -hmm. all need to help each other get up in this world, you know? But you don't vouch for somebody unless you vouch for them. No, person, absolutely. You know, because, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it becomes, yeah, um, Rich and I have discussed this many times where... I don't know which of us came up with this idea, but the uh, I think it was something Richard sort of half formulated and then I actually turned it into like a joke and then we realized that it was a thing, mm -hmm. which was whenever you get someone out of the blue just going like, really, you do voice acting? Because I do, I, I, I think I'd be really good at that and, 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 and we should do a project together and blah, 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 blah and they, your red flags are going up. Yeah. Instead of either giving that person the cold shoulder 
or going sure and then running the risk of wasting your time and energy, uh, you give them homework. You give them a little homework, right? So if the person's giving you an earful about all of their great ideas uh, that they want to do with you, you're like, okay, well, that sounds amazing. So why don't you send me an email with some links, some a little bit of a breakdown of what you're thinking, mm-hmm. and that nine out of ten times that, e- that person's gone. Just that one little bit of work is yeah, enough yeah. to like... You'll never have to worry about yeah, and then one one out of ten times you'll get that email and you'll be like, okay, now we're cooking with bacon. Now, necessary not necessarily that one in ten won't necessarily be someone realistic, but you can already talk to them because there's like a baseline demonstration of follow through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that leads to things like being able to tell the person, well, like this is all great, but uh, I don't think this is something I want to do. And that person goes, oh, all right, okay, cool, right? But that little bit of homework weeds out like 99% of nonsense. Yeah, it's a crazy filter. It's an amazing filter. Like I was consulting at one point doing websites, and people would be like, ah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. Okay, great. Send me like three websites that are good in in your mind that you would like, that looks kind of similar to what you want. Never hear from them again. Mm. Never, ever. There's something magical about that send me three yeah. It, I mean, it's like a two-minute job. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's you're literally just p- cutting and pasting. Yeah, send me three links. <laughs> right. And I think maybe the, the three kind of also awakens old memories of like essay writing where you <laughs> yeah. have to kind of function. It, it knocks out anyone that didn't have that follow-through. You could be like, write me a blank email. And just like having to write in your email address would probably be enough to be like, oh, oh forget God. it. I'm out of here. I'm going to give up on this dream. Yeah. And not waste this guy's time for nothing. Absolutely. Um, just a f- something like two weeks ago, uh, a random person on Twitter um, from another state somewhere in the United States was like, love everything you've done. Let's work together. <laughs> that was the opener. Yeah. I was like, righty. So what what exactly are we talking about? Oh, this project. That was really good. And I'd be, gr- I'd be perfect for your next project. I'm like, really? Okay. I don't have a next project though. So how do you know? He's like, well, you should just do another one of those that you did because they were, it was really good and you should just make another one. And I'm perfect. Like he basically just wanted me to make another movie for him with him because he enjoyed, it was this weird mixture of like, I was flattered by how much he liked my movie. Yeah. But then the, his, his react, his expression of appreciation was so odd. (laughs) and so i started with the questions again this is something i have richard to thank for you know easy ones like do you act (laughs) oh no but i'm totally taking a class right now okay cool uh that movie you mentioned was an action film do you do you do martial arts no but i'm totally signing up for martial arts next week i'm like (laughs) 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 okay um do you have any skills like that would, I would, why would I bring you onto a set? Well, you, you know, cause I just, I think we'd work great together. And that was it. That was it. And of course, then I go through the trouble of looking this person up and it's some kid, some like 20 some year old kid somewhere in Portland. I don't even know where he was, but I didn't want to crush his enthusiasm hmm. because he's clearly got a fire in him, but no one has clearly told him that that's not how this works. Right. So I try to be like, okay, well, tell you what, buddy, like, why don't you sign up for those classes? Send me an update a couple of months from now. 
put together a little demo for me and I'll, you know, I'll take a look. And then he sort of finally, I think, got a clue. But again, homework. Hmm. Yeah. You know? It's like with your kids. Yep. But I want <laughs> this, mommy. You're like, sure, just clean up your room. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is increasingly like the more we think about it, like child, not child rearing. I'm not, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Exp- how do we allow the, how can we? You're a rearer. I a hate rearer that. rearer of children. We Can we just. How dare you. Moratorium or <laughs> can we get rid of some of the, like, uh, that people are, uh, 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 oh, you popped your cherry. Like that's stu- still okay to say. Mm. Mm-hmm. I hear it all the time. Like, yeah, I got my driver's license. Hey, look who popped his chair. I'm like, no, that's so upsetting. Like, how is that a common socially acceptable daytime thing to say <laughs> in a public place? I don't understand that. <laughs> it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, goddammit. <laughs> like, you can't do that. I don't want to hear it after 9 p.m. What are you doing? I think the secret to it is no one actually knows what that expression means. I think that that's it. And people just use expressions without knowing where they come from. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. that's a thing. So you get this this gig or you get this demo or um, you try out? Well, yeah, no, so I did a couple of voices. I was like, yeah, I think I could do this. I did, you know, like a kid and an old person, a couple of things, threw them on a tape. He listened to it and he brought me in to do this audition that he said, look, I know that this is not a role that you can play, but I just want you to see what it's like to be in a studio, which I'd never done before. And can, can you describe, because I guess I'm curious, like what does that look like? A recording studio? Well, I mean, just because you see it sometimes when they, the, those insufferable uh, featurettes for animated films yeah. where they give you a glimpse of Ray Romano, like, like in the microphone. But is it really like that? You go into a little booth. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, some are bigger than others. I've sure. worked in studios where they're the size of a closet and I've worked in other studios where it's a big studio that you could have multiple people in the room. Um, but yeah, it's exactly that. They put you in the room and they close the doors so that it's soundproof. And they're on the other side of the glass and you can't hear them unless they push the button. So sometimes they're like laughing and and you're like, are they talking about me? Are they trying to talk to me? I don't know. But yeah, it's exactly like what you see. And like you've got your script in front of you? Yeah. The big pop filter. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you've got your script on a stand. And a lot of the time you go in not like, I've been to a lot of uh, gigs where I don't get the script until I get there. So you have to be good at cold reading. Okay, that is that the term? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, geez. Yeah, that must be a uh, that must be something. Are you you're good at it? I'm guessing. I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you're still in the biz. Yeah. Okay. But like, are you talking pages at a time, or are you talking like a, a few lines here and there? It depends. It depends. I mean, a lot of the time, like for uh, I'm I'm on a show called Arthur, and a lot of the time you'll get the script like maybe two days before you record. Um, mm-hmm. Especially commercials, you rarely get anything before you go in. Okay. So like, you know what it's about. You have an idea of what the, maybe, oh, it's a commercial for Virgin Radio or something, you know, and you get in and, and they give it to you when you get there. So hmm. it's... Someone uh, you know may be experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your doctor. At least you know the subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, the worst nightmare would be to have some sort of super rapid fire dialogue character, right? You just have to be able to do it. You have to be good at improv. You have to be good at reading. Uh-huh. And yeah. What was this part that you were not right for? Oh, it was a, a character that was much older than me. It was like a woman in her 50s or something. And I was like 20. And he said, like, I know that you don't have the voice type for this character, but he just wanted me to to be able to go in and read the part just to, to have the experience of, of doing an audition. So, okay. 
Um, and did you get a, like, again, the narrative in my head or the, the storyteller in me wants it to be like a, and that's when I knew I wanted <laughs> to do this for the rest. Like no, I knew I wanted to do this. I loved cartoons. I loved walking, watching them when I was a kid. And I just thought, I think it's really cool. I would love to have my voice coming out of one of those animated characters. I just thought it was a really neat thing, yeah. which I'd never done before. Um, but then I took this workshop with uh, a woman named Deborah Toffin, who is the voice director for Arthur. So that's... I know the show. Yes, you've seen this show before. It's, it's been around forever. Um, remind me. It's on PBS. It's um, an, the main character is an aardvark with glasses. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's really cool. So she was doing this workshop and he said, look, I know it's, it's a little bit expensive, but I, I think you should really take it if you're serious about wanting to do this. And it was basically a full weekend of just, um, we yeah, would get, what does that look like uh, a voice acting workshop? Um, well, this one in particular was like a full weekend and we'd go in and get scripts, different, different characters, all different types of scripts. And all, I don't remember how many people we were, but say we were like six to eight people, something like that. And we would go take turns going in and, and reading and recording and listening back and like commenting on each other's stuff and she would give us advice on what we could have done differently how we could have done things better and um yeah it was just basically a whole weekend of that and exploring different types of voices different things that you can do and um that's it she told us when we started she's like i like to try and cast the people who go through this so you know give me what you got <laughs> right and and it that's how i got my first gig it was uh, a one-line part on an episode of caillou Caillou. <laughs> I was talking to my four-year-old today about Caillou. Yeah. He's on the way home. He's like, why do you hate Caillou? Yeah. Every parent hates Caillou. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a child from, he's a demon child from hell. <laughs> he is. He's the worst, like, like Dennis the Menace? No, yeah. that's a kid no. you can he's bring back. He's super whiny. I know, it's on Netflix and I have never let my kids watch no, it. No, he doesn't make any sense. He, he's, he, he, that bald head, I, 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 I don't understand why he's four with a bald head. But. I think, I think I heard the story. I think there was some sort of screw up, uh, and that's how he ended up bald. Like he couldn't decide at the last minute what color his hair was and he accidentally ended up bald, but that kind of gave him a unique look. Mm. There's so many things that frustrate me about that show. <laughs> also, the person who draws the show has never seen clothes, apparently. <laughs> Because the clothes that the people wear in the show are not clothes. But I think it was a series of books first, wasn't it? Very likely. So then they're just copying what's in the books. Well, that person <laughs> has never seen actual <laughs> shoes or shirts before because they don't make sense. That's There's the call to Take a good look next time. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, don't watch K. But <laughs> I would never tell you to watch K. I would never, ever, ever, not to my worst enemy. Um, but th th uh, anyway, so... Um, Another Sinar product, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I was working at Sinar, so it was kind of handy. Um, so the workshop. I okay. did the workshop, and then I got this. I, I think I had one line or two lines. I was a librarian. Caillou and his friend went to the library, and they were looking for books about dinosaurs, and I was the kindly librarian who helped them find their books. Uh-huh. So um, that was Which it. is the thing you totally do when you're four. You, just, <laughs> you and your buddy go to the library and be like, hey, dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they? Yeah. Right. That makes yeah. sense. I guess as a, okay, let, let's, let's make up stuff that you, skills that you'd need as a voice actor and then Jessica can like knock them down. Would you think being able to do multiple types of voices would be an asset? Definitely. I don't think that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, unless you 
you're just trying to work in radio maybe and then you don't necessarily need the broad range but I think everybody who does voice has at least a repertoire of a few voices right. so unless you're Bruce Buffer who <laughs> built an empire mm-hmm. on like on one, one thing one bullshit line mm-hmm. that became legend right you know who Bruce Buffer is, right? He's the, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, okay. $400 million empire yeah. or something. I don't know how many millions he gets every time he yells that out. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So being, and are you such an individual? Or are you? I am. I have a, well, I have a demo that's quite old and I could probably add to it now, but I have at least 10 voice, different voices on that demo. Jeez. So it's accents. You want to do, um, you want to show accents, age range, um, Oh, you could age range. That's Absolutely. really interesting. I do kid voices. I do old voices. I do. Okay, I could hear you do kid voices, but <laughs> I don't want to do the like dance for us. Like, I don't want to <laughs> do that. But what is the process to age your voice? Listen. That's the best thing is just listen. I find when I, anytime I watch an animated film, I'm paying attention to all the different characters and what they sound like. My uh, old voice is, a, is an exaggeration, but it's very much based on my grandmother. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because when we make fun of, we just go, "Oh, little buddy." Like, yeah, but that that's stuff. what cartoon old okay. men sound like, no? Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, they do. Yeah. But uh, I just, I always wondered in the studio. Like sometimes that happens to me. I get knocked out of the disbelief when I'm watching an animation movie, and uh, and it's a particularly silly voice, and I start giggling because I'm thinking about how what the actor must be doing to <laughs> oh, chat up no. to get this voice going. You do funny voices on stage as well. I do. I occasionally a bit. Yeah, some yeah. accents and stuff. Yeah, but not. I can't do them if I'm asked to do them, right? <laughs> Again, if it's like the invisible guy in Mystery Men, right? Yeah, that must be a tough thing to do. Is to do it oh, it's on, always on, like, on you command. do voices? Do a voice. It's like, uh, yeah, then it's like <laughs> writer's block. Make me laugh. <laughs> but, but in the studio, you have to kind of do it on command. Do you, is that, yeah, is that but I mean, um, a lot of the time you go in, well, most of the time you're going in to do something you know what you're doing. So like if I'm doing Arthur, I'm always doing the same voice, uh, yeah. you know. But um, sometimes you'll come in and they'll be like, okay, we're also going to give you this little extra part to do. So then, you know, then you have to sort of come up with another character and they'll just say, okay, try something. So you try something for the director and they'll sort of give you some direction. Say, yeah, that works. Maybe make them a little younger and you just have to sort of find something quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it happens a lot. How much laughing goes on when anything sounds remote, remotely sexual? <laughs> a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always think about because I was talking to someone. They were like, "Man, can you imagine doing like all the the like French grunts over an American like erotic film?" Yep. And you, but you have to do the grunts, but even like translate the grunts mm. and the, and the moaning. Oh, oh we. <laughs> Poo-poo, because that's, that's French, of course. But I'm like, no, more funny than that is you're doing a completely G, kind of like uh, Ice Age 19, right? And mm. and you're you're just supposed to be making the noise for the... I'm going to make up what's in this movie because I've never watched Ice Age. Uh, the mammoth um, yeah. pushing like a, a, a tree bark, right? And you're like... Ugh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. Every time you have a... like efforts it's efforts and and uh um especially video games because you're you know characters uh, getting uh, shot uh, oh no uh, totally uh. and you but the more you act it out in front of your mic the better it goes so right. we're constantly like if you're running everybody's going <laughs> in front of their microphone or you're like you're getting hit and you're going uh, uh, 
ah, you know, it's like. <laughs> I would literally not be able to do this job now just because of that. Like, they just have to carry me out on the stretcher <laughs> as I laugh myself blue, purple, and not be able to get back into character. What What fascinates me is like, okay, I can do this in my own head with things that I'm interested in, but like, how do you catalog 10 voices a, in a way that you can access them on, on command? Like, how can you like, I, I guess I just, how do you do it? It's just to practice? Like, you, yeah, absolutely. You just know it's like a dance. Like, you know that you have to take this kind of stance and flex that muscle. I, I guess it's uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's really a lot of listening. I, I find anytime I have to do, you know, if I have to do an accent or I have to do, you know, oh, they tell me you're going to audition for this character. It's like, you know, a seven year old boy. I'll listen to references. I'll listen to animated films. I'll listen to real boys and I'll just try and find the pitch and just play with it. And right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm laughing it's just because <laughs> I just realized how common it is for women, women to, to do, do boy voices. Boys I'm how... working on a series right now and I'm doing the voice of a boy and it's great. <laughs> but how horrific would the opposite be? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> how that does not work both ways. <laughs> like no. just, just a bunch of like bearded guy doing a yeah, like 10 dudes voice. watching into a studio <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a cartoon about a girl school. <laughs> right? The other way that works. Right, mm. a bunch of women be like doing kids. It works, but yeah. a bunch of guys be like, "Hey, st- <laughs> hi, Tiffany!" Ah. <laughs> right, immediately like call the police. This whole thing is not working. Dirty. Yeah, this whole thing is horrible. Well, Bart Simpson, right? Is a woman most yeah. famously yeah. probably. Most famous one. Yeah. That's yeah. a blaze, uh, a blaze trail trailblazing kind of one, isn't it? I I don't know. I I'm think I'm thinking Chuck Jones, um, Hanna Barbera, like that age. Probably women were all like in the editing room, like we're not allowed near the microphone. No, 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 no. One very famous uh, voice actress who is like, I don't know if she's 100 yet, but she's very close to it, is a woman named June Foray, Uh who was granny on Granny and Witch Hazel back in the days of uh, Looney Tunes. She's been, she's um, Rocky the Flying Squirrel and Natasha from... Rocky and Bullwinkle. She's she's been okay. she's, she's done legend. everything, but she started back in the days of Looney Tunes. So okay. she started in radio, and then she got into doing uh, Looney Tunes. I think there were more men doing it back then, but yeah, she's made an entire career out of it. Her whole life, she's I think she's she's in her nineties, anyways, and I think she's still working. That's so interesting. Yeah. You get, I guess you get recognized sometimes, but like vocally. Yeah, for sure. Right, you're at a restaurant ordering, and they, are you the? Th- oh, not me, are but. You- <laughs> Imagine some of these people do. It happens, right? Absolutely. It happens to us all the time. To you. Aren't you from Fire in the Hole? I'd recognize your voice, but <laughs> I don't. Depending on what I've been doing during the day, I have like eight voices, I think. I don't sound the same. At least to me, I edit this thing and I don't recognize my voice ever. Hmm. But um, yeah, that must happen where you're like, yeah, I'll have the, I'll have the two, number two. Probably. Wait a minute. Well, if you hear the woman who does the voice of Bart Simpson, she you can hear it a little bit. I mean, she pushes the voice to yeah. do that voice. But if you just hear her naturally speaking, you can hear it in there. It's there. Yeah. yeah. Plus, that's what, 25 years of that voice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what voice is more recognizable than Homer's and Bart's? And If her voice didn't start out <clears throat> sounding like that, it does now. Just, just all the hours in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So if an actor develops some some uh, measure of identity crisis by the end of their career, I'm guessing. I don't know. Do, hmm. do, do you ever become like, wait, is this my voice? 
<laughs> no. no, not yet. Not there yet. <laughs> not, right? I'm not there yet. No. <laughs> okay. It's so amazing how recognizable voices are. There. They are totally. Yeah. You wouldn't think that they would be that recognizable. Well, yes and no. Have you watched? Um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. There was a show called I Know That Voice. It was a movie about voice acting, and I just found it so amazing to watch because you're like, oh my god, I know that voice, but you you see the person who's doing it, and you never in a million years would have would have pegged them for that when you hear them just talking naturally afterwards. Okay. Mm. And it's it's unbelievable. It's a really interesting documentary if you're into voice acting. Yeah. Well, I, I find it very fascinating, definitely. I do recognize voices a lot um, in cartoons. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's a, Yeah, it is an interesting thing. I mean, it, we've talked about this before, and they talk about it in film and things like that, how sound is way more information that we think about what we're watching. Yeah. And the minute you remove it, Excuse me. The, you, you strip the sound away from. So weird. Uh, the test that they, the, the way they, my, I remember my professor um, really ra- t- ramming this point home in school was he showed us like the Battle of Helm's Deep <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Without mm-hmm. a soundtrack? And just removed the soundtrack. I'm like, oh. It's amazing. It's like Italian TV drama now. <laughs> it just loses its impact entirely. Completely sapped of its. Yeah. Or the the Star Wars throne room scene. Oh yeah, where they're giving the <laughs> yeah yeah the oral knots. Who are, are we're huge fans of the oral knots on uh, on. Have you, do you know them? No. On YouTube, check <laughs> them out if you're into sound. Okay. Mm. They like to mess with movies, but they're clearly sound engineers. So okay. they're not just doing like sweeting or sweating, whatever it's called. They're not just uh, uh, monkey wrenching films. It, they do it with high production. Okay. And it's. Um, I think, yeah, I think if I'm a teaching sound and I'm definitely showing them how you can change everything mm. with just, uh, there's a song. Have you seen that, that scene from Star Wars? It's from Star Wars where uh, they're all getting medals at the end. Like there's a big kind of like room. Yeah, I've you seen. You hope, yeah. I haven't, I've seen in the film. But. Yeah, so in the, it, they take that that scene they take out all the sound and, but he they replace like all like the room sounds and like the coughing and all that sort of oh stuff. Oh boy. Because okay. in the movie it's like da 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 and they're all like yeah. smiling at each other and like we did a great job didn't we and yeah. then had R2 and <laughs> like the whole thing. But, <laughs> but now there's no sound and they're looking at each other way too long. Yeah. It's really weird. And it's like just an echoey chamber. <laughs> Super <laughs> silent and awkward and there's these troops right all in attendance and then you can hear some like <laughs> in the back. <laughs> 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 and it immediately uh, communicates uh, the the hilarity of it's so weird yeah no but it, uh i think we've also lived just we just came out of a very dark period for sound and soundtracks with the han zimmer terror reign mm. during the batman uh chris nolan years mm. where like every movie had the like just, <laughs> just fucking like just hammering and just beating us senseless with with scoring and like communicating everything mm-hmm. that's happening um uh, on the nose everything right like man of steel and all those films like we would just sit there just like oh my god this is so this is so horrible <laughs> they're just they're nothing to nuance nothing to and I, I guess that's another thing right nuances yeah how inflection here or um a little pause there can make all the difference. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I mean a lot of people say, "Oh, I can do voices. I could do voice work." But there's, um, I mean, 
having an acting background is definitely a must because even if you're doing silly voices, you still have to be able to to put the emotion across and to to act basically. Right. So yeah, yeah, like the the video that came out like a week ago of uh, Hugh Jackman um, doing the voice the ADR for yeah. for Logan or whatever. Yeah, and he's actually like swinging his arms around. And, Absolutely. You know, you have to go there, right? Yep. Are there? I'm guessing there's different types of voice actors. Like, the, are there more contained ones and guys that or people that like smash windows and <laughs> knock themselves out on the microphone? I think mo- most people move and act in front of the microphone because it. It. I mean, like I was say, we were saying before, um, you can hear it in somebody's voice when they smile. Right. It. It really makes a difference. So you know, if you're if you're doing you know a battle scene, you want to flail your arms around and and whatnot because it's just gonna. It's going to come across so much better. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, ha. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Blocked. Die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I kind of want to make a movie like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Super passive voiceovers. <laughs> You're like, you'll never stop me. Yes, I will. That's funny. Ha. Die. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> stop running after me, etc. No, I remember my first video game experience doing, doing Barks. Um, and I had to be throwing grenades, but of course I'm in the booth going, and like throwing, throwing things. And it's, it's, it's weird, but you, you don't think about it. You just, because it just makes the sound come out so much better. Yeah. You this know? sounds like the a super fun job. Like, it is. like you get to be a kid. Absolutely. Cause that's what kids do, right? Yeah. They just act out stuff. And, uh, I, I guess a lot of takes depends on the project. Depends on the project. I mean, ideally, usually, I mean, if I'm doing an original voice project like Arthur, we usually will do like two or three pages at a time um, and you do a pass, you do a second pass and then and then she'll just spot the lines that need to be fixed. So it, it moves really, really quickly um, because a lot of the, they calculate how much time they want you in there based on often how many lines you have. Um, so, you know, they might you might go in there to do a whole script, but they're going to give you one hour to do it. So um. you have to you have to be on the ball and you have to. Yeah. Huh. Are you good at remembering uh, like scripts i am but you don't need that skill for voice acting okay. you, you, <laughs> you yeah. always have it in front of you so yeah but i mean like I, and i guess how much preparation do you do you do um i usually read i try to read through it and i'll usually try to voice the lines just to sort of find some find the intention that i want i try to i try to prep if i can if i get a script in advance i'll i'll read through it and i'll try to try to find my intention so that mm-hmm. when i'm in there it's not completely cold but sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you go in and it's... But like, do you have to have like, okay, I want you to play Zigzag the mouse. Like, do you have to have three possible versions of Zigzag when you come in or... Uh, no, well, I mean, if it's a character that, that's established, no. But if you're going in for something, if you're going for an audition, then yeah, you, you want to come up with, you come up with a voice, but they might say, okay, let's try something else. Can you do it a little bit like this? And you do, you have to adjust. You have to... Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I can just imagine like the directing, how interesting that must be. Right? Yeah. Because it's nothing physical, nothing visual. And like, more mousy. Yeah. <laughs> you're not mousy. Right though. now you're doing zigzag as a, the kind of mouse that gets the cheese most of the time. That's not the zigzag I'm looking for. Zigzag uh, is the child of a 
immigrant parents. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Zigzag um, is from a small Jewish family that lived in Russia for most of the 1910s. <laughs> like, like, dude, this is a mouse. Are you, are you kidding me? Do you ever do you ever get like overly dramatic directors? Sure, though, but I mean, it depends what the film is. So, yeah. or the the series, of course, they're gonna give you backstory if they're looking for that emotion. They're gonna give you the backstory to support it. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is that useful to you? For sure. To know that, you know, whatever, Zigzag used to, like, fight in the cage matches. I don't know, like, <laughs> whatever, like, is that... If does, it's part of the character, then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Hi, this is Jessica Cardos, and you're listening to Fire in the Hole. Yeah, okay, so where does the animation come in? Is it related to the voice acting? Where did uh, where, where oh, you... Oh, my job, my other job. Yes. Um, well, um, that's, I guess that's how I got my foot in the door again how I got my foot in the door of voice acting and working production was working at Sinar. Um, I started in sales and distribution, but uh, like my interest was more, you know, I'd like to work in production. I used to say, if I could be a receptionist in a casting company or a studio or something, you know, it would be really cool because it's connected to, to, to what I like. And um, someone that I had worked with had gone over to another company called Cinegroup and they were looking for a production assistant and she called me and she's like, yeah, I think you'd be a really great fit. Are you interested? This is your <laughs> life. <laughs> I know. People just earmarking you for I, uh... success. That's great. So I just realized, isn't Sinar the company that w- went down in like flames? Yes. Uh, what was that story? Was it the Caillou it was, thing? No. N- um, no. Well, there was a there was a scandal about a show called... There's uh, a fire theme, by Robe- the way. Robesson Sucroé was oh, a... Yes. This uh, apparently they had basically stolen some guy's idea. The guy who came in and pitched it, they turned him down, and then they like stole the idea. But the whole like the company crumbling was had to do with with money swindling. Like they were hiding Ponzi. money in in offshore accounts, and uh, yeah, it's a it was, family business, I think. It was a husband and wife team, uh-huh. and I, I, it's, it was crazy because I remember when I started working there, it was like sort of the height of this whole thing, and I had to um, I had to replace the receptionist for for her lunch break basically and so it was like the first day of my new job and I'm sitting at reception and I see the 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 head of the company the the wife of this husband and wife team come out of her office and there was like this woman who worked in in um not HR but like uh publicity and stuff and she was standing over near the elevators trying to fend off this journalist who'd come into the building and she's she comes over and she kind of waves at the at the woman she's like so the woman like ducks into a closet. I'm sitting at reception going, what the hell is going on? And she's like peeking her head out, looking at me like, is it safe? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And the other woman's trying to like get rid of this journalist at the at the elevators. It was really, really you, something. You basically lived like a Michael Moore thing but from the <laughs> other side of like the person just trying to do their job while yeah. this guy's like, we want answers. The, the public deserves to know <laughs> what, what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, it was really weird. But yeah. um yeah, that apparently is like one of the longest running <clears throat> trials in Canadian history because they only like they they went back to court recently. This is like it's been going for on appeals, for yeah. years and years and years and years. The wife, uh, unfortunately, passed away. She had surgery and she she didn't. The wife of the wife the, the wife in, in, in that the husband and wife okay. team. Yeah. So. Well, um, I remember all kinds of <clears throat> charities basically raising money for the the author that was ripped off. Yeah. To just <clears throat> give him money to be able to live while he was fighting for his life's work. Oh, yeah. really? To, to get justice. 
And even after you got justice, it just went into appeals and that will kill like your common man, right? Mm. You can't yeah. feed yourself. And But I think at the end of the day, he finally got his due, right? Like at least... I don't know. I'm not sure. Might still be tied up in courts. Yeah, that's shitty. It really is. And, you know, especially for, for voice actors, that company was like a huge source of income for... Like I had barely put my toe in the door at that time but that was like the height of when everybody was working constantly because they just had so much going on yeah they were a juggernaut yeah yeah and yeah. then for them to kind of collapse where they bought out do you know um i know that uh the well arthur was one of their shows and they are being done it's being done by oasis animation now okay so there's a couple of series that have survived but i don't know if one company took over or not i'm not sure Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and I, and, it, and it's interesting because you know you when you see a case like that go to trial and stuff, you realize like that's one in probably like thousands of cases where people got their ideas stolen, you know, because they yeah. demoed their thing and they're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. well we'll call you back, and yeah. then they put an A at the end of every character's name that you came <laughs> up with, change blue to red, hmm. change a dog into a cat, and you're like, no, it's not your show. Yeah. No, no, we totally came up with this in house. That must happen quite a bit. All the time, hmm. all the time. It's probably getting even harder now to differentiate or to be able to make a complaint in that level because everything is sort of mass self-replicating, right? Yeah. Like the minute there was a Dexter, we started to get all kinds of shows that were like that. Then oh, House of Cards, which It's is actually House of Cards is a funny one because someone was saying the other day how how um, visceral that show was, but now the Trump presidency has essentially gutted all of the tension out of that show. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so true. Because it, it operated on these like, this would never happen in, in part, like this never happened in the White House. This is, well, this is way out there, Hollywood stuff. That's and then true. in comes fucking the Donald. And now, now the show. Cards seems tame now. It's super yeah. tame now. Are they going to do another season? <laughs> I don't know. Right? It's probably lost. It's, it's probably been like, Like its teeth have been pulled at uh, this at this juncture, right? I didn't think about that. That's true, though. Yeah, I mean, imagine you like you'd make a, a, a like riveting boxing story, right? And then MMA explodes, mm -hmm. and you're like, it's about boxing, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. have any kick? Kick? Is there any kicking? No, it is boxing. Uh huh. Okay, we'll get back to you. <laughs> it's it's hard to come up with an original idea. It's really hard because yeah. there's so much out there, and then now they're remaking everything. That's the other thing that drives me crazy. It's right. like they've run out of ideas, so like let's remake this because now we have the technology to do the effects better. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and quicker. We can just like ship them out, whereas yeah. this thing would have been a huge. This was the work, uh, the, the the brainchild of some mad creator, and had to align all these stars to get this thing made. Now it's like, all right. Just send it to that company and they can pump yeah. out like 12 episodes in six months. Um, yeah, actually, on the just on like a related note, today I was reading about uh, the Flat Earthers because I keep hearing them mentioned in conversations, the Flat Earth Society. Okay. Now, you can probably guess what that might be. Yeah. And they're kind of the go-to ridiculed individuals you know whenever you're talking about uh, people believe in will believe in anything yeah so we're in this climate of like uh, fake news and this whole thing's going on right now and uh, I, i decided to look up the flat earth thing like where did it come from you know and uh i realized the moment any movement like you open wikipedia and you say like first founded based on the writings of and then if you see the dates 18 something you know it's crazy 
because that's 19th century. That means industrial revolution. And that was basically the first big expression of, of, of sci- pseudoscience. Yeah. Right. And then you start reading the different types of things that came out of that period. And it sounds very current. Right. Because mm-hmm. you've got things like phrenology. Yeah. You yeah. Remember yeah. that one? Yes. Reading the bumps on people's heads. And that would tell you. And then you see the map where like the back of your neck represents your um, ability to smile. Like these, all these random That's so weird. arbitrary, uh, not quite emotions, not quite abilities. But I just realized like how much of that stuff was going on in that time and it sounds like it in a sense it, it gave me a little bit of relief because mm-hmm. i'm almost like you know actually i think it's not like we're going through something crazy this is just another cycle that we go through every couple of decades of people just making up a whole bunch of stuff yeah um and then us like okay after taking a few years to shed all the madness and be like no no okay this is actual reality right yeah but uh, yeah, so according to the flat earth thing, um, the earth is flat. <laughs> but the part I didn't know about is that we're surrounded by an ice-like belt. And this is apparently how they explain the fact that the water doesn't like drop off at the, off the side of the earth. Oh. There's this ice shelf all around us, and it contains our, our world. And I don't know, I just... I just saw something fascinating about that. I don't know. The, the fact that you can clearly, there's a parallel between that and just being able to go like, no, there were 8 million people at my rally. Right? No, actually the stats show 40 people. No, no, 8 million. And then like nobody stopping the proceedings at that point, you know? Yeah. It's just all conjecture. Everything is conjecture, right? So that was a bit of a sidebar here, but I just... That's okay. Yeah. That's weird. Um, do you still smell the, the smoke? Does that is is that is that coming from somewhere? I don't think so. Is that still just? I think the that's just residual because it was a lot stronger than that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So whatever. We uh, for those listening that don't know what's going on, there was a weird flower pot fire on this balcony <laughs> that I may have started, but I don't know how. Spontaneous be- combustion because it doesn't make any sense. Basically, a pot full of earth somehow burned, but only a little hole in the side of the pot, and there's this crazy smell now i feel like i'm camping we're all alive that's what's important <laughs> fire in a hole <laughs> yeah how did i not make that connection mm, genius yeah. all right so i don't know what are you excited about what 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 do you like about this job like the the either or like which the, one? Oh, i like well um uh, they're both great jobs. I mean, voice acting for me is a huge rush. It's like, you know, I get to, whenever I get a gig, it's like, I'm just excited. That makes my week. It's go in the studio and play and have fun. And Where's the it, moment of rush? Like mm. going in or coming out? Um, The whole thing, really. Okay. I, I'm always like super psyched to go into studio and do something. And then I come out and I'm just sort of floating for the rest of the day. It's good. It's, it's just... Yeah, it's fun. It's like, I feel like this is what I would love to be doing full time. Mm-hmm. There's just... Unfortunately, there's not enough work in Montreal to be doing just that, right. um, which is why I have my other job. But I, I enjoy that, too. I started in animation and animation studios like Cinar and Cinegroup kind of started dropping off. So I ended up moving into visual effects and video games for a while. But animation has always been where my heart is. So I'm super excited to be working in an animation studio again. I'm at a company called Cinesite. And um, they started... Uh, they, they're a VFX company originally, but they started an animation division about 
three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been there for a year and a half, and uh, and they're just exploding. They're just growing. And, uh, and what do you do specifically? What, what's your role? I'm a production coordinator, and I take care of the sort of the pre-production departments. Um, so I work with the director in uh, storyboards, design. I work with the editorial department, and uh, I follow everything into layout. Which is, uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting. I've never had the opportunity to do that whole uh, path in the beginning of production, and it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. We just finished the first film that I started working on when they hired me, and uh, which is it's called No Malone. No it's, Malone. Uh, no Malone. It's uh, it's on it's it's on the internet, so I'm pretty sure I'm safe to say that. Okay. But there's no trailers out yet or anything. We just finished delivering uh-huh. the film, so we're we're still waiting for that. Um, that was the second film that they did. The first one's not out yet, and I can't talk about it. So, Okay, cool. Redacted. Um, <laughs> has, has the internet made any impact on the voice acting thing? I mean, I'm guessing that would increase the demand for... Um, I guess in a, in a way, because I've seen a lot of... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of commercials and ads and things on the internet now. Mm-hmm. So there's... Uh, I know the union's always sort of scrambling to try and come up with rules and, and like, I guess, rates to cover these right. things because it's not um, quite tv but it's exactly most of the time it's i get, think it's called it's under category called new media uh-huh. uh but yeah i mean it definitely um produces more work um but yeah it's, it kind of falls under this a different set of rules and and salary category and stuff so okay so um i guess one question i really had was how do you how do you like measure your ability apart from knowing all these voices? Like how do you, how do you kind of assess what you're capable of? And then like, okay, I move to the next level. Like how do you level up as a voice? (laughs) Um, I don't know if there's a way to level up per se. I think it's just, you're just always working to expand your repertoire, working on new voices, trying new things. Uh, you can never, you know, study too much. So doing doing workshops, like for me, um, I guess I started in animation and I feel like for me, my next level is video games, which I've only just gotten my foot in the door of, but like I'm, I'd really like to, to do more of that. Um, so yeah, it's just expanding your repertoire. And, yeah, okay, exactly. It. It's, it's all experience, experience, yeah. yeah. I guess like everything else, if you become immersed in it, you start to also uh, pick up on the, the low, like bad voice acting. Like when you, <laughs> are you, are you now, are you not are you able to watch or listen to things now and go without going like, Oh God, she's doing that thing that you don't do that. Or like, do you pick out, does it clash now to your ears? Mm, I don't know. Uh, maybe in terms of dubbing, dubbing, there's definitely bad dubbing. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, animation is animation. Uh, I don't know. I, Nothing, nothing really rubs me the wrong way. Nothing it's all uh, I just, no I, hacky voices. No what? Ha- like hacky voices. Like, oh, God. Well, I mean, sometimes it's it's frustrating when you hear the same same voices. Uh, sometimes you'll hear the same voices, same thing over and over again. And you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, why are they still going down this path? Uh, yeah. But no, no, not really. Yeah. Yeah. ADR uh, is also kind of becoming a more, it seems to be more of a go-to thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before it was just to cover your bases. Yeah. Well, uh, ADR and, and Walla, I've done I've done a bunch of that, which is a. What's the other thing you said? Walla. Walla. So all the um, like if you have a crowd, or uh, there's like people in the background, they never mic the extras. So people go into studio and do voice for these 
background characters basically and it's yeah it's cool it's a you go in for a couple of hours and basically cover a high, an entire film or a few episodes of a show and it's uh yeah it's a lot of fun yeah yeah um, i was watching iron fist this week because he's my favorite superhero of all time <laughs> and uh i'm not quite ready to discuss my pain but one thing i did pick up on immediately um was they just skipped the whole teaching the actor how to say a couple of things in another language mm. and straight up just dubbed in some like way too fluent Mandarin or whatever, uh, Cantonese, I think it was Mandarin, over him. And I was just like, they do it for just like a second, but I was like, oh, stinky. Yeah. Like that that stunk it up for me so badly uh, to, to see that kind of amateur move. It's funny because the very first film gig I ever had, they overdubbed my voice. I had one line, okay. but it was really weird because I remember the, the scene took place in Paris and I had asked them, do you want me to do a French accent? And they're like, no, no, you don't need to. It's like, okay. So I had this whole scene where I'm basically, there's like um, soldiers, there's like a parade happening and this, this, the main actress comes up to me and she goes, so she's like, well, well, what's going on? And I'm supposed to say, the soldiers, they're marching into the city. So when the movie comes out, I'm super excited to watch this. this is the first time I've been in a movie and I sit down with my parents and I'm watching the movie and my scene comes out. I'm like, this is it, this is it. And all of a sudden, this little voice comes in going, the Americans, they are marching into the city. And it's not me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so bizarre. And this happens to, of course, actors all the time, right? Like, I guess. Here we go, mom. Here we go. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then uh, a big black guy comes in. Like, Yo. <laughs> What? <laughs> and he never told you? They replaced the French maid with a big black resistance fighter. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's just, you're such, you just, just did not even email you. They didn't even just let you know. Yeah, so No, weird. they didn't tell me, but they paid me for my job. So they guess they can do whatever they want with the sound after that, I suppose. Right. But it was you with someone else's voice. Yeah. That's nice. It was very it's weird. weird. So what's ADR? Uh, it's additional recording, essentially. Uh, yeah. That's done it, after the fact. I uh. think it stands for additional dialogue recording. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the time if something doesn't, like in a film, if something doesn't pick up properly, mm -hmm. they'll re-record it. Or uh, I guess ADR is also dubbing. So Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, if for instance, uh, as well, if they cut together a scene and visually it, it now works, but suddenly a certain plot point is not clear anymore, they might take advantage of an actor is back having the back turned and be like i think it's time for us to go yeah so the, uh, i i noticed it in doctor strange actually oh really i don't know if anyone else picked up on it but you know, when it. that movie came out or was announced uh the social justice warrior shit show started online about like cultural appropriation because doctor strange's master is the ancient one and in the comics it's an old asian man <laughs> and then tilda swinton right in the movie version hmm. But then there was like infighting even in that cultural appropriation debacle because the original old Asian man was a super kind of stereotype. <laughs> so changing it was kind of the right thing to do. Yeah. But it should have, if they had changed it to like an Indian guy, everyone would have been okay. Hmm. But the fact that it went straight to like a Lily White uh, a woman, you know, she, you know, basically. Who looks like an alien. Who looks like an alien. <laughs> yeah. She asexual. <laughs> looks like she's the advanced the next step in our evolution yeah she's just the wrong color <laughs> right so in the movie when at some point i picked up on a piece of adr when they're training or whatever and then the doctor trains like who's that that's the ancient one and then you see the lips of the guy moving and it cuts away to her and he's like she's celtic <laughs> <laughs> 
we don't know much about her, but she's Celtic. Like <laughs> yeah. the decibel was just a little, like it almost sounded screamed in on it. Yeah, yeah. Just like to cover the bases. <laughs> and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm I'm laughing my ass off because everyone's upset about the Tilda Swinton uh, um, casting, and nobody picked up on the fact that the character of Baron Mordo, who's like the sidekick character, kind of to Doctor Strange. Uh, is a is cast as a, a black guy. Okay. He's supposed to be Transylvanian. <laughs> He's supposed to be from Transylvania. Right. And I'm like half flattered to finally see a non-vampire Transylvanian in a movie, <laughs> but then they cast like a black guy <laughs> to play him. <laughs> so hmm. many conf- so many feels hmm. going in so many directions. But uh, yeah, I do I do definitely pick up on it when I hear the ADR, and it, it can be a little clumsy at times. Yeah. But it, it's also an issue of control because. As directors and as things get more streamlined and technological, uh, they're always looking to eliminate risk because risk leads to costs, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, fuck paying some guy to maybe mic the kitchen scene properly. We just shoot it as is and then we'll get a Foley guy to yeah. get the utensil sound and the coughing in the back and the thing. We'll do it all in po- We'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, that's it. It's the mantra, <laughs> right? Okay. So... Before we uh, uh, go any further, um, I wanted to address this because when I invited you on the show, you had mentioned that you had interest in podcasting. Yes. And I, 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 do you want to talk about that at all? I don't know if I have anything to say about it. Um, well, okay. So be, we love to help people launch <laughs> their thing. Like we're all about getting people podcasting. So I'm just wondering what you're interested in the, in the format is or what, what do you want to, where do you want to go there? Um, I've been listening to, I listened to a couple of podcasts. I can't remember the name of the company that does them. The one is called The Message and the other one is called, um, Life After. And it's more like radio drama style. Hmm. Um, so just, I guess as a voice actor and an actor period, I find that really interesting and I'd love to get into doing something like that because there's so much you can do, um, with voice. I mean, it's, we can, we can do almost. Panoply, panoply. Well, it could be. I don't know. I'm just looking it up. The uh, life after. It okay. could be. They're really, they're really, really interesting. It's kind of like a sci-fi series. Both of them are kind of sci-fi series, um, and they're. I, I find they're really interesting. They're really well done. They sound. I mean, they they are scripted, but they almost sound improvised because it it really comes across as like a real, like somebody recorded something that was actually happening, and okay. not not like da 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 da. You know, people are cutting each other off. And are and, these like little short stories? Um, it's a, it's a series. So like it's maybe eight episodes and it's an episodic story. Uh, and I, I, I just find that really interesting. I'd love to do something like that. I just don't have the story idea yet and I don't necessarily fancy myself and a writer. So it's like, I would need to sort of come up with an idea and then maybe collaborate, collaborate with someone. Okay. So it's almost like, um, you'd like to create these opportunities to do some voice work. Yeah. More than you've got this story that's burning that you want to get out. Yeah. You're more like, no, I like the idea that it's you're kind of, I guess, hearing types of voice acting that you'd like to do in them. Yeah. Okay. So what's different about the voice acting you hear? Okay. You said that the first sounds very organic. Yeah. Um, But is it the series format? Like what's what's the draw? It's just, I I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess it's like, I radio drama is something that you really don't hear a lot of anymore. That's true. And I think the first radio drama I ever listened to was on, um, there was a series on CBC called uh, 
something, I think it was called Monsoon Cafe or something. They had two series. There was that one and there was another one called Af- Af- Afghanida, I think. Um, I just, Canada. yeah, it was a <laughs> Canadian soldiers in the Afghanistan war. Uh-huh. Um, and I just find them, it's really interesting because it's like, uh, I mean, in the sense of like, when you read a book, you have to imagine everything, but it's the same thing. If you're just listening, you have to, you know, put the picture together yourself yeah. and there just isn't any of that around anymore, but there's much less of it than there, there used it's to be. It's a novelty now. Yeah. As opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. Uh, something that people used to listen to very, very regularly. Yeah was kind of a, a part of life. I mean, the first radio, the first broadcast people listened to as a family. Yeah. Were like, you know, Dick radio Tracy, dramas. radio dramas. CBC certainly has like a like a vault of that stuff. Yeah, that for they, sure. They produce, right? Yeah. I think the last radio drama thing I've heard was, um, uh, what's his name, Benedict Cumberbatch? Okay. Released an app. I don't know if it was him, but they hired him to do a, a voice for, there's an app that you can download on Apple Store right now. It's a science fiction horror story, oh. and it's all audio, like it's audio sci-fi horror thing. That's interesting. Of hmm. either I, like either being stuck on a ship with no no lights or something, and it's him oh, over really it, cool. and it's totally the type of project he would do, right? Because it's probably not a big money project, but I think as we come back to these archaic forms of um, storytelling, I think there's something compelling about that. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting way to get a story out. It's an opportunity for, you know, creativity for acting. And it's in a sense, it's, it's a, it's a less expensive way than like, I want to go out and shoot a film or I'm going to put together a play. It's, you know, it's something that I can do in my living room, which, uh, and I can involve as many or as few people as I want, you know? Uh Uh-huh. So are you seeing it as like a two-person team, a three-person thing? Uh, depends on the story I come up with. Depends on the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess, so you're, do, you, do, you like how, do you like being far away from who you are when you voice act or close, close to who, who you um, are? Well, no, that's, I, I don't even know if I can answer that question. I'm, I'm interested in all different characters and I mean, it's, um, it's well, acting. If, so If someone says, okay, uh, character one, a uh, woman in her mid-30s, Single mom, uh, working in a factory, blah blah blah, right? Versus like zigzag the mouse. Uh, well, characters like really charactery things are a lot more fun to play. Uh-huh. But uh, no, it's all it's all super interesting. Okay, so to you at this point, okay, yeah, I, I'm kind of like that with films now. Right? Yeah. Like I used to be very like I don't really do this genre. No, no. But after a while, you're like, no, a, a movie's a movie. It's got its its challenges. At this point, I do like a, a Pilates video, and I'd probably <laughs> find something fun too. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've gotten the opportunity to do some radio commercials too, and that's very much more like you are playing a woman in your thirties or whatever, and and I find it really interesting. It's just providing a, a voice for something. I, I I just really enjoy it. As long as you get to go somewhere in your head. Yeah. And find that combination and. You're probably going to get a big kick of someone going like, my God, that's exactly it. <laughs> right? Like, that's what you want to hear? Like, how did you know? You're like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just yeah, doing yeah. my thing. That's exactly what I wanted. That's great. Have <laughs> you ever Have you ever done a, um, I feel like you, you've done broadcasting, radio? No. High school radio, no? No, nothing like that. How, how have you avoided this career with that uh, syrupy voice? <laughs> I don't know. Just... Uh, Never had the opportunity. No one's Never ever was in the right place at the right time, I guess. No, no one's even approached you like, excuse me, sir. You have a great voice. I've, I've been, a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I've been approached. I've just not, I've never been interested. Yeah, I would, you definitely could get some 
uh, Attenborough work, I feel. Maybe. Some Discovery Channel. <laughs> I'm not great with like scripted stuff, though. I think it would take me a lot of takes. Right. Maybe it comes with practice, though. Absolutely. Because when you're on the spot, like I find that I stumble over my words and stuff. Okay. But Even the podcast is a bit of a stretch for me. <laughs> this is like the most work I've done on a mic ever. <laughs> we'll change that. That's right. With time. Mm. All right. So what's the next step? What's what's the what's the dream? What's the like goal? Oh, um, well, I mean, the goal is always I would love to be able to live off of voice work uh-huh. or you know voice work acting. Like I was saying, um, I mean, I have a I have a day job because. I need to support my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really fortunate to be doing something that I enjoy. Um, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to be able to just be acting. I'm just not at a place right now where I can take that. But you're saying leap. acting like you'd even want to go fully into traditional acting. Oh, sure. No, I studied theater in university. I, I, I've done theater for, I think I started doing theater probably when I was like 11 or 12. Oh, okay. I remember you doing um, like Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, yes. and stuff. I used to run the show in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. She was big. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was a big deal. It oh, was. I did that for about seven or eight years, I think. Um, You'd like to stick to the stage if you could? I, I'd love to go back to the stage. Let's say I, I feel like I had to sort of put it aside um, when, around the time that I had kids. It's a lot of, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, with young children, it's difficult because, yeah, you know, you're doing shows, you're doing shows in the evening. So, I'm leaving Neil alone with the kids for, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever, however long a gig. (laughs) Shout out. Shout out to Neil. What's up, Neil? Shout out to the real dads (laughs) and the hizzy. Um, Uh You know, and hopefully I'll be able to get back to that eventually. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Um, There is life after kids. There is. Which sounds like another CBC show. Absolutely. Hey, maybe that could be the subject of my podcast. Life after Mm. kids. Life after kids. (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> do what you, you know uh what is it write what you know write what you know that that is yeah. there's something to that you know yeah. um and uh you, you you we tend to undervalue that our experiences as mundane when they might be actually profound for someone else yeah that's certainly not our case i don't think anything we va- we don't value is, val- is valued by someone else but we try mm-hmm. uh, maybe self-deprecation is what our thing is maybe Perhaps. that's how we connect with the mm-hmm. uh, ether ether mm. mm. <laughs> worth considering mm. Hmm. <laughs> okay but so you definitely if or when you have the opportunity you'd like to get back into absolutely theater. and th- really theater is your is your bag like like on camera oh i've done on camera um and i would do more of that too but i just i mean voice work seemed to be more of my niche i don't i i didn't i've done film and television i just don't get cast a lot in film and television mm-hmm. i don't know if it's I don't have the look that they're looking for or I mean, there's so many factors. Um, so no, absolutely. Given the opportunity, I would, I would do more film and television. I would do all of it. So. Okay, cool. So I guess my last question for you in this sense would be if you're talking to someone right now who, who's interested in this kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, meaning the voice acting, right? Okay. Without obviously going, I'll go talk to Gerald. Like, that's not what I'm asking. Like, <laughs> If, if you want to mentor someone right now, what are some of the basics that you'd want to tell them in terms of voice acting that you discovered only later or through experience? Um, I think it's really important to, to listen a lot. Um, that's how I develop most of, most of the voices that I do is you, you listen to uh, 
watch, you know, watch animation, listen to the voices. You can try and imitate them and tweak them and make them your own. Um, try to develop a range. Uh, you had the right thing in telling your friend about the demo because you definitely need a demo. Mm -hmm. um, Shout out to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he makes beer. <laughs> he plays country music. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, and if you have the opportunity to do workshops, it's always a great tool in, well, I mean, expanding your range in learning and uh, and making connections because connections are super important in this industry for mm -hmm. sure, as in any industry, really. Um, and if you ever have the opportunity to sit in and watch a session, like I have, um, I haven't been able to do so much because I do have a day job, but I have friends who got into, say, dubbing because they, they met a director and said, listen, I'd like to learn this. Um, can I sit in and, and, you know, watch a session? And, uh, and oh, you can cool. learn a lot okay. by watching people for sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So listen. Listen, watch. Study. Yeah, absolutely. And do vocal exercises? I don't know. Is that a thing? Um, yeah. I mean, just like a singer, you have to like, you have to warm up your voice. You have to, I mean, it's, it's, I've had to go into studio under conditions of like having a head cold or having a scratchy throat and you have to warm up your vocal cords and try to, try to work through it as best you can. So. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> That's really crazy. I've been, uh, of course, cutting myself under the table this whole time, not to ask you to do any voices and I, I've made it through this episode. Yeah, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. One step at a time, man. Hmm. One step at a time. And it's, I did it for many reasons. First, it's annoying. Number two, <laughs> now that I'm doing comedy, like that's, I'm living that too. Like, Oh, do you know any jokes? I'm starting to get that yeah. now. Tell me a joke. Make me laugh. Make me laugh. Funny man. <laughs> Make me laugh. Funny man. Yeah. And I understand Dance. how that, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. Okay, hmm. cool. Well, um, as always, Rich and I are at your disposal for any technical questions you have, and we certainly hope that you get this up and running. Thank you. Um, um, you know, any resources we, we have, or uh, we, I'm sure we'd be willing to um, connect you to anybody that we know that, or whatever. Like, uh, we just want to help you. I'd love to, I'd, like, I'd get such a kick out of hearing a show, I don't know, a couple of months from now, a year from now, whatever, and be like, hey, Jessica's doing their thing, and it's like there, and then we talked about it, so... That'd be know. very cool. I, I find I I tend to procrastinate when I'm, I don't have the idea. So I'm like, eh, I got to sit down and think about this. I got to work on this. But I tend to sort of push stuff off because I get busy and I just, yeah. so I need to kick myself and, and try to move forward on this. I know Neil's really interested too because he um, he studied uh, sound design. Uh -huh. So he would, he you said. You got your technician. There you uh, go. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're literally, you're one Craigslist ad away from getting yeah. this project. Because I'm telling you right now, there's at least a hundred uh, like writers dying to get something like this going out there right now for sure. Yeah. You know, begging to write something. And uh, I'm sure there's someone out there that would be, um, you know, interested in this kind of collaboration or whatever. Because that's, that's I, I, I guess it demands like a heavy constant writing and rewriting. Like that's a writer's domain yeah. of a radio show. It's all going to happen on words, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you're constantly going to have to work it and massage it and to get it to that, to find that sort of rhythm. For mm -hmm. it. Cool. Well, I, I, we re I really hope you Thank get you. that off the ground and feel free to steal uh, any of the ridiculous things we've said today. <laughs> <laughs> Zigzag the mouse. doesn't matter. Uh, cool. Are you you're going to come back, right? I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to um, keep tabs on you. Find sure. out what, uh, what you're up to. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. 
Uh, are you on social at all? Or do you interact? Do you have a yeah, social? Yeah, I have a I have a Twitter feed. Mostly, I try to use it mostly for voice acting. Um, I find it's really useful because I've gotten to get in touch with a lot of people in LA, people that I probably never would have had a chance to talk to. Uh-huh. Um, Twitter, Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, we can post the links. I'm just... Sure. Well, I, I always ask because in case that's sort of a way for you to communicate with people. Yeah, absolutely. People, well, that's you know. how we communicate. That's right. <laughs> I realize I've, apart from that guy that really wanted to work with me but had never done anything in the, in the realm, <laughs> you're the only person I've ever had a Twitter conversation with. Really? I've never used a Twitter messaging um, uh, like feature ever. Have mm. you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? Like I've never like the private message. Yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of forgot it existed. So, and it's really useful. Yeah, very useful. Yeah, yeah. cool. Sure. Jessica, this has been really fun. Did you have a good time? I did. Thank you. Great. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Uh, fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Yay.